0: All right. Thank you, Brother George. Appreciate the church. And here is our theme for the year of 2003. It says, Through Thee in 2023. So would y'all say that with me, we want to memorize this for a church. We want to know this as our theme. And this is what we're going to look forward to this year. So let's say it with me, if you would, here tonight. Through Thee in 2023, Psalm 44, 5. Through Thee will we push down our enemies... Through thy name we will tread them under that rise up against us. That's our theme. We're going to see victory this year, amen? Amen. And it's going to be through him and him alone. And that's who we're going to trust in, amen? I pray that's your heart. I pray that's what you're looking for as well. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Jonah or turn back to Jonah. And uh, we will continue on the message that we began this morning. We titled that message, Jonah a hot mess, Jonah, a hot mess, and uh, we will continue on that thought. So if you would, in honor of God's word tonight, let's stand, and we'll begin reading there in verse 1, and uh, we'll read down to verse 10 here tonight, and uh, we'll see how far that we get in this message. Now, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amethiah saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and he went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners, which were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it it up of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will thank upon us that we perish not. They said every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee. For whose cause this evil upon us? What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? And what is thy country? And of what people art thou? He said unto them, I am an Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid. and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus tonight. I humbly come to you, Father, with a submissive heart. God, unworthy tonight, Lord, to stand behind this holy desk. God, undeserving tonight to be saved by the grace of God. God, unable tonight, dear God, to do the task that's set before us. I pray, Lord, for the help of the Lord. I pray that you'd guide my lips and my mind. And God, that you'd anoint us with your spirit. I pray, Father, that all things would be done for thy glory and for thy honor. Lord, that people who come to church tonight come to worship, they come to learn, they come to grow, they come to know you better. We pray, Lord, that we'll not get in the way. We'll pray, Father, that we'll just give them what you just given us. And God, as you preach to us and through us and on us, God, we're asking tonight, God, that we'd respond. And God, that everybody tonight, your God, that would respond would say yes to God. And we praise you for it. We ask you now, Lord, to lead God the service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And so this morning we began the message concerning, notice Jonah's testimony. Notice uh, Jonah's testimony. And we must establish and can establish and did establish that Jonah knew the Lord. And we know that he knew the Lord because of things that Jonah has said, but then some of the things that Jonah has done. We recognize that this testimony that Jonah has told us in verse 9 and in verse 10, we notice the confession that he made. The confession was, "As I'm a Hebrew. We also noticed uh, this morning that that he made a confession because he was not ashamed of what he was. And so he was able to do that. And but not was he not ashamed, but he was not afraid of what he was. So he said, I am a Hebrew. We find secondly his conviction. We find his conviction was, I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord. That was a conviction of his. And that he said that I stand uh, in awe of the self-existent God. That I respect the eternal God. That I reverence the Jehovah God. We find not only there was unbelievers and believers. We understood that fearing the Lord brought a separation from a believer to to an unbeliever tonight. We have talked about, thirdly, his claim. He says there in verse 9, the God of heaven. He claimed the God of heaven. In that claim, he claimed that he was the only true God. He claimed that he was the only true living God, that he was the creator of heaven and earth, that he was the maker of the sea and the dry land. We talked about the confirmation of this testimony in verse 10. We talked about him telling the men that he, was, he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. That took humility to do that. It took honesty, and it also took honor. He didn't excuse it. He didn't uh, justify it, and he didn't ignore it. We can say tonight, I hope, and you can say within your heart that Jonah was a believer. That Jonah was one who knew God, and God knew Jonah. And then we came secondly, not into Jonah's testimony, but the Jonah's task. What was it that God tasked Jonah? We talked about his assignment. His assignment was in verse 2. He said, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. We recognized this morning that it was a direct call from God. It wasn't a second-hand call. It wasn't a call that somebody told him or he learned of. It was God directly speaking to Jonah. It was a direct call from the Lord. It was a desperate cry of the Lord. For he said to them, uh, cry against it. Desperately cry against it. And then thirdly, we recognize that it was a depraved city before the Lord. For he said, their wickedness is come up before me. The people were evil, the king was cruel, and the heart was wicked of that city of Nineveh. Now, we say, we talked about, and I'm going to go over this just one more time, so we can know exactly what God was asking Jonah to do. God was asking Jonah to go to a Syrian capital, Nineveh. Nineveh was a place where uh, Jonah would consider and was an enemy of Israel. It was also a city of violence. It was a people of brutality. We talked about these, but let me mention them again. There was a a people tonight that relished and a people tonight that was proud and a people tonight that displayed uh, that their cruelty was their mark. Uh, they would cut off the limbs of people. They would gage, gouge out eyes. Uh, they would let them roam in the streets with gouged out eyes and the limbs cut off. Uh, they also found that mass executions was their privilege and their their passion and so they killed many all at one time also uh, they were ones who were shoving bodies on large stakes and where they would take that large stake like a crayon I said this morning with a sharp edge throw that body on top of it and right in the rib cage and they would die immediately Uh, we find that they pushed them down so they would even go down further they would uh, die slowly that way and then they invented the crucifixion as well for a greater cruelty because they found that being crucified, you die even slower. And so the pain was even more. They filleted the bodies. Uh, they began there at the bottom of by their ankles. They cut up like you would fillet a deer or you'd cut a deer or a fish until and, and you began to peel the skin back. And they would take the skin off these bodies alive and they would take that skin and put them upon a a building and just began to paint that building with the skins of these individuals. Uh, You'll find also they began to grind the bones of those individuals as well. They beheaded people. They took the heads of the ones they beheaded and began to build pyramids with those heads. They also took the heads of those they cut off and decorated the trees. That they had uh, with them. They would amputate the lamb, the limbs. Uh, they would blind people. They would castrate people. They would burn people alive. They would cut their arms off. They'd cut their legs off. They'd cut their noses off. They would cut their tongues out. And they would cut their ears off. And they would begin to burn small children alive. Now why would you think this morning or this evening. That anybody in a right mind would do such a thing. Well, they're wicked. That's what they do. And that's how they are, and that's what they want to do. It was a psychological warfare with them. Uh, They were telling the opponents, they were telling the enemies that you better think twice before you start a war with us. Because if you start a war with us, this is the things that you're going to do. Now, they would do this out in public. They would not do this in private. Uh, They would bring the whole city out. And the whole city would watch and look and and ponder upon what was taking place. It was a complete fear amongst that people of Assyrians. Nineveh being, uh, being the capital of that city. We find as you ask Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go to that city. And I want you to to cry against it. Now can you just imagine that Jonah knew that that city was a city where the Israelites will be destroyed. And so he can look at it and say the enemy of Israel. This is what they do. And this is how they do their opponents and those that oppose them. uh, And you want me to go to the city of Nineveh? I mean, that's the destruction of Israel. That's the deportation of Israel. These Assyrians are going to come through and they're going to begin to deport us out. That's the doom of Israel. And so now, we come to Jonah having to make a decision, having to make a choice. And we find ourselves at that place as well. We find ourselves every day of our Christian life and Christian walk And decisions that God has said you go do. The the very God has said this is what saith the Lord. This is what the word of God has demanded you and required of you. And each one of us today on a daily basis makes decisions and choices daily. Let's not be too hard on Jonah here tonight. We know what God asked Jonah to do. We also know that Jonah didn't do what God asked him to do. Amen. We know that. we read the story. Everybody knows that tonight. Uh, but we find that was the task. That was the assignment. And then here we began the message tonight. I want you to know it's his awareness. His awareness. Uh, in chapter 4, turn with me, and look there in verse 2. We find the awareness of Jonah. The Bible says, Uh, He prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness, and repentest thee of evil. Now this is what he knew. This is what he was aware of. When God gave him the assignment, the assignment while he was in his own country, And God told him what he needed to do, arise and go to Nineveh. This was his awareness. This was what was in Jonah. This was not something that he did not know. This is not something that he was not aware of. This is something that he said with his mouth. He said with his mouth in his own country before he even left to go uh, to Joppa to get to Tarshish. Uh, When God called Jonah, he said it with his mouth right there. And not only did he say it with his mouth, but he said it with his mouth when God commanded Jonah. And so we see the awareness of it. And Fred, whenever you disobey God's word, and when you disobey God's command, you're aware of it. You can't face up God and say, God, I didn't know. You can't face the God and say, God, I wasn't aware. Uh, God, I, I didn't I didn't really recognize. I didn't really understand. I really didn't have the, the full of the full vision of what you wanted me to do. No, God's word says go. God's word says no. God's word says don't. God's word says do. And friend, we can't have the place in our mind to think that there's any place that we don't have an awareness. And it's okay. It's not so Jonah, awareness was with his mouth. But he said it with his mouth so we know what's in his heart. <laughs> and then we know what he said in his heart. He said in his heart, uh, because of the very things that I know. He says, for I knew. I knew. He's speaking to talk about God. He's saying, he's saying to, to us tonight that I'm well aware of about when God asked me to do my assignment, that I knew that God wanted me to go to Nineveh. And I knew God, because, see, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. I'm a believer in God. I am one who knows God, and God knows me. And what I know about God, And I knew that if I go to Nineveh. I knew if I go down to the Syrians. I knew if I go to that wicked group of people. I knew that if I go to those wretched sinners. If I knew knew that if I go down to where God's heart is pleading for sinners. And God's heart wants to save sinners. And Jonah was saying, I knew. God that you would be gracious to them. Those things. Filthy, rotten, dirty, low down, piece of trash, the armpit of the nation of Assyria, the capital in Nineveh. You can't get no more devilish and satanic and wicked and ungodly, friend, than any other place in all the world. And Jonah says, I knew, I just knew. I knew, God, if I went down there and I began to preach to them, I began to cry out to them, I began to tell them about you, I knew that the God in which I know and whom I love is a God that's gracious. I just know, God, that you would show favor to them. I know, God, that you would have pity for them. And aren't you glad tonight that that's the kind of God that we serve? Aren't you glad tonight that when you got saved, that God looked upon you, he had pity upon you, he showed favor upon you, that, friend, you didn't deserve his grace, you didn't deserve his, his mercy, you don't deserve his blood, you don't deserve his salvation. Oh, but God's a gracious God. And oh, Jonah said, I knew." I knew not only that you're a gracious God, but I knew uh, that you were a God that's a merciful God. He says there in that same scripture, verse 2, he says, a merciful. That word merciful means full of compassion and full of love. Oh God, I knew. You say, I didn't have the heart for the... For the souls of Nineveh. I didn't have. Oh Jonah saying. That I didn't have the compassion. For the men and women. And boys and girls that were going to die. And go to hell. I didn't have the love of them going. Lord I did not have it. And I didn't want them to know. About the grace of God. And the mercy of God. Because I knew. That once they heard. About your mercy. And about your love. And about your compassion. That they would come to know you. And that's a Gentile city, a dog. And so Jonah was saying, Lord, I know that you're merciful. I know, Lord, you're full of compassion and love. I know you're graceful. You got pity and you show favor toward the sinner and the wicked. He says, God, but I also know that you're a God that's long-suffering. He says it there in verse 2. He says, of slow to anger. Lord, I know you got patience with them. I know you got forbearance with them. I know, Lord, you'll give them time. I don't want to go. Because I know you're a God that's slow to anger. And there's some people in this room right here. You're still not saved. You still don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're still ain't you still not walking with God. You still don't know right now you're 100% that if you'd die, you'd go to heaven. And it, it wasn't for the slow of anger of God. It wasn't for his patience of God. He, you know, he took you off the earth and went in hell, friend, you'd be tonight. Nineveh, wicked city. But, Nineveh, but Jonah knew that God was slow of anger. He just knew that God would... Be long-suffering and forbearing. And then fourthly, he said that he's a kind God. The Bible says, of great kindness. That God was a God of goodness and a God of gentleness and a God of tenderness. Is that describing the God in whom you serve tonight? Is that describing the day of your salvation that God was so tender with you and God was so loving to you and God was so good to you and God was so kind to you? Isn't that tonight the way our God is? The same God that's here tonight in Jonah's day is the same God that's in our day. It's the same God that was going to be tomorrow and the next day and the following day. Friend, this is the God of heaven. Amen. And this God is a God tonight that is of great kindness. I'm just talking about the awareness of Jonah, what he was aware of. He's aware of these things. And lastly, He is a God that we could say tonight that was a God that's a fair God. For our God, he says in verse 2, repentest thee of the evil. God said they deserve hell. But because tonight they might repent, God would repent. Amen? Because God would say, listen, the judgment of God is. Is a lake of fire. But if you would turn from your sin and trust Christ Jesus, I'll repent of that. Amen. And we find that this God, this affair God, turns and He re- removes tonight. Now, listen tonight, whenever God's word comes down to your address, and God's word is preached to you. And you read God's word. And God's word comes to your heart, and to your mind, and into your life tonight. And God's word will require and command and o- that you would obey and do what it asks you to do tonight. You've got a choice just like Jonah did. Right. But you're aware yeah, that's right. of the kind of God that you'll fix and disobey. Right. You're aware of that. You say it with your mouth, and you have it in your heart. Just like Jonah tonight. Just like Jonah. We find tonight, number three, not only was his his, uh, assignment, his awareness, but I want you to notice his affection tonight. Jonah tonight, his affection, his love for God. You see, because everything that Jonah knew about God, he experienced it with God. His love for God. Tonight we find he experienced God's grace. He experienced God's mercy. He experienced God's patience. He experienced God's kindness. He experienced God's repentance. He did. And friend, for him to be aware of that and to know that is because he experienced it in his own life with God. And every one of us tonight has experienced it in the way of salvation. Those five attributes of God have been expressed with us tonight and being saved and born again. And so, friend, tonight and our affection are to be toward God right. because of these things that we just talked about. But not only his affection was of God, but his affection was of Israel. See, he didn't want to go down to Nineveh because he knew that God would, would save them. But he also knew uh, that this pagan, heathen, Gentile city uh, friend was coming after Israel. And so one of my sets of, of Jonah was this tonight, and boy, we do this sometimes, is uh, God, I'd rather you kill them than save them. Because see, if you would just wipe them off the map, then Israel will be saved. See, he had a love for Israel, but that he would defend them and protect them. And so if I don't go down to Nineveh like God told me to, then I'm doing something that I love, and that is hopefully that God won't save them, but God will destroy them. If they destroy them, they won't destroy us. See? Many times tonight, God may ask us to, to witness to somebody who has earrings all over the body. Have blue hair, have tattoos all over their face. They're wearing ungodly clothing. They're speaking ungodly language. You talk to them, and they're just weirdos. God says, Listen, ask them to come to your church. What? I mean, God. I mean, that individual there, they look like a freak. I mean, there's something. How, how they walk in our church? I, I I don't know about that. God, oh yeah, is that right? Are you, are you just like Jonah? See, so you experienced the love of God, the grace of God, the tenderness of God, the forgiveness of God. You experienced God turning His wrath against you, away from you. But you don't want that individual to have that either. Homosexual. I mean, one tonight. That's just a flaming. Heard that before, huh? Flaming homosexual. God sees, you see that flaming homosexual, a lesbian or, a, or, a, or whomever it may be. He says, witness to him, Invite them to your church, Independent Fundamental Baptist Church, Glory Baptist Church on Brand Lane. Little old, bitty old church down there. Have that flaming homosexual come to your church. You say, what? Really? You're just like Jonah. Amen. Amen. Say what you want tonight. You say, I'm not prejudiced. I'm not racist. I'm not biased. Oh, yeah. Hudges oh, may be. They don't have the right color skin. They don't talk the right language. Uh, they don't have the great look. Uh, they're not the kind of prototype of what you would want to have a member of this church tonight. Oh, God, help us tonight. That we might find ourselves in a place like Jonah. Jonah. His love was for God. His his affection was for Israel. And so the mindset of you not asking that flaming homosexual or that freak. It's because you're protecting our church. Because you are defending us. To say, Boy, if something like that would come through here, it might just cause all kind of trouble. Uh, listen, friend, that's just like Jonah. We find here, not only those is affection to his love for Israel but his love for himself he says there in the scripture he says therefore I fled there in chapter 4 verse 2 therefore I fled before unto Tarsus he may have a love for God and he may have love for Israel but his love for himself exceeded it all and can I say this to you dear friend Whenever God gives you his word, the Bible, and you disobey it, and you are stubborn and rebellious about it, then you are the love of yourself. You're loving you more than you love God. You're loving you more than you love your family. You see, he was concerned about how he felt. I just described it well ago. As he looked at the people of Nineveh, as he looked at the Israelites, their enemies, and how cruel they were, it was a big emotion and big feeling for Jonah to say, listen, man, I don't want them people to be saved. That's why he's selfish. Because you're more concerned about how you feel. Who cares how you feel? Nobody cares how you feel. You say, well, listen, that hurts my feelings. That's what I'm talking about. Who cares? Who cares if you have feelings and who cares if you get hurt? We're not talking about feelings tonight. God don't care about what you feel. God don't care about what you think. And God don't care about what you even say tonight if God cares about what's in your heart. And tonight we find that Jonah was selfish because he said, Therefore I will flee unto Tarshish because he was more concerned about how he felt than he was about God's word. And many of people tonight, or in that case, they're a big mess because you don't care about what God's Word says. You just care about how you feel. You talk to them. You go say, why are you doing that? Why are you living like that? Why are you being like that? Well, because I feel like, you know, the way that I was raised. I feel like, you know, that I was, uh, maybe somebody was ugly to me. And I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. The fact of the matter is you're just disobedient. To God's word. And friend. It's not about how you feel. It's about you being obedient to God's word. Amen. Amen. And so we find his love for himself. He was more concerned about how he felt. Number two. He was concentrating on what he thought. His thought was. If I go preach to those people. I know God. He's going to save them. He was more concentrating on what he thought. That God would do rather than what God told him to do. Right? Right. That's what's wrong with Jonah. He was about loving himself. Mm -hmm. He's more concentrating. He wasn't concentrating on God said arise and go to Nineveh. He was concentrating on when he gets to Nineveh and he preaches to them and they get saved. And that's exactly how we do and function in our Christian life. We're always concentrating on what I think. I know what you're thinking we say that to our spouses yeah. I know what they're thinking you know what I think uh, that we are do it that way a lot of people always do that because they want to always give their opinion right, right? I think you ought to do it this way I think you ought to have it that way I don't think you ought to do that I don't think it's going to be nice right there I think you ought to do it over here I think we ought to go there I think I think I think I think I think and that was Jonah tonight is that you? You know, tonight, what you ought to be worried about is what the Word of God says. Right. Not about what you think mm-hmm. and how you feel. And we find ourselves, many of us tonight, we find ourselves in pity parties. Mm-hmm. Because when we get to thinking, we get to feeling, and we get our thoughts stomped on and our feelings get slapped upon, uh, we go in a corner somewhere in the dark room, and we're trying to feel something, ask somebody to feel sorry for us. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Our lip drops, yeah. and we hit the ground, and gravel comes back in our lips. And walk around with stuff in my mouth all What's wrong with you? Well, I've been feeling sorry for myself. And I've got a bunch of grit in my mouth that I can't speak right now. We do that a lot. Mope around. Don't, we don't get our way. We kind of do stuff like this. And we run off like little children. And, and we don't talk. We give, the, we give people in our, in our house a silent treatment. Yeah, that's how we do it. That's what Christians do. We give silent treatment. You want to mess with us we just won't talk with you if you hey if you even get if you even say one word to us we'll get in our car and we'll go to Dairy Queen and get us a double dip ice cream cone and we'll sit in the parking lot and we'll just make you wonder where did he go where did she go yeah that's what we do Yeah. That's what we, And we get so mad sometimes. We get so babyish and immature and so childish that when we're supposed to sleep in the bed with our spouse, we sleep on the couch. And we think we're really doing something to them. And they're spreading out like an eagle in that bed. They say, buddy, I'm telling you, this is nice. Whatever I did, I got to do again. Get me another night like this. What's wrong with this church? I tell you what's wrong with this. We love ourselves. We love ourselves. And, Fred, it's all about feelings and it's all about our thoughts tonight, just like it was with Jonah. Number three, not was he tonight more concerned about his feelings and he was concentrating upon tonight his thoughts, but he was captivated by his heart. You see, he was going to do his will and not God. He was going to go his way, not God's. Is that true? Chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish. What did God tell you to do, Jonah? Chapter 1, verse 2, arise and go to Nineveh. He was captivated to do his own will and captivated to go his own way. He had no idea, or had no, he, had, he, had, he had an idea, but he had no way that he was going to do anything that God said for him to do. It was a no. He was captivated. He was in a prison. He was chained. He couldn't get out. And Fred Jonah did what he did because his heart was captivated to do what he wanted and how he wanted to do it. Friend, we find Jonah tonight, the task that Jonah had. Can I say here now, thirdly, I want you to notice that Jonah's trouble, Jonah's trouble. Once he was given a task and we found his testimony, we found now that trouble came about Jonah. God gives him his word. He says there in verse chapter 1, verse 1, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. God gives His Word. And we know that the Word of God tonight is truth. We know that, right? Whatever God says is true. Matter of fact, the Word of God is the greatest truth. It is tonight the mightiest truth. It is the highest truth. What God's Word says is above and beyond any other word in all the world tonight. It is settled in heaven tonight. It is set forth above even his name. Amen. The word of God tonight abideth and liveth forever. You cannot and will not ever go greater and higher and better than God's word tonight. God's word must be essential within your life. But it must be tonight. The most important thing in which you do tonight is obey God's word. You don't have to obey Biden. You don't have to obey... The police officer. You don't have to obey the boss. You don't have to obey anybody tonight. And none of those people will land you in trouble. Like if you disobey God. Amen. Now if you obey God you obey all the rest. But obeying God tonight. If you let that go. You're going to be in trouble. And so we find the trouble of Jonah. Is God's word. God's word. The word of God tonight. Is triumph. It's greater than man's word. God's word triumphs over man's word. If you say to your spouse uh, one thing and it's God's word, and your spouse says to you another word, you're to listen to God and not her. Or not Him. If this if you live in a workplace and God's word it says something, and the, God, the work that you work at says something different in God, you obey God. If our society or our government tonight goes against God's word, we obey God. Is that true? It's the greatest tonight. It's a triad. Triumphs over man's. It's mightier than any other word. Nobody's word is mightier than God's word. Uh, No other man's word or or other's words. Even your word tonight is less than God's word. So we find tonight the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. He said to Jonah, go to Nineveh. That's what God said. Now we find not only did God give his word, but now Jonah gives his word. He says in chapter 4, verse 2, he says, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? So chapter 1, verse 3, we find that Jonah said, Jonah, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Number one, God's word was refused. And tonight when you are disobedient to God's word, you refuse his word. And you are called disobedient, stubborn, and rebellious. Did you know that tonight? That when God has commanded and God has required of us and we refused his word, you are stubborn and rebellious. I mean, you you, you can't say, well, I just don't believe it that way. That's a bloney. You say, well, I didn't interpret it that way. That's hogwash. You say, well, you know what, uh, If whenever he gets straight or whenever she gets straight or, or whenever things get back to normal or when things get kind of lined out, well, then I'll get back in line. That's a bunch of nonsense and hogwash tonight. The Word of God said, go to Nineveh. He went to Tarsus or Joppa. Tonight he was one, tonight, that you could just say he was rebellious and stubborn and he was disobedient. He refused God's word. And this is Jonah's trouble. This is our trouble. See, it's not the trouble of Jonah is not going to to Joppa. That wasn't the trouble. The trouble was he didn't go to Nineveh. He disobeyed God. And we take that lightly. How many times today we disobeyed God? How many times tomorrow will we disobey God? How many times will we this week disobey God? And how many of us will find ourselves on the face and on our knees and down our prayer prayer closet and down at the altar here tonight saying, oh, God, forgive me for disobeying your word. We don't even do that because we take it lightly. We lightly esteem the word of God. Uh, we think it's just going to go away. We think that it's just going to be okay. We think that we can just kind of do what we want to do when we want to do it. How we want to do it. And God will understand. God knows. God's sufficient. God's graceful. God's long-suffering. God's kind. Uh, God's gracious tonight. And we lay all that on God. And we don't do his word tonight as he asked us to do tonight. But friend, it's coming back home to roost. Yeah, right. Jonah tonight. He decided that he was just going to not do God's word. He's going to refuse it. But I know. secondly tonight, God's word was refused, but then God's presence now is removed. He says in verse 3, he says, From the presence of the Lord. Now, did you know this tonight as a Christian, that the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you? Jesus said, I will be with you even unto the end of the world. Amen. So be it. But do you know tonight that when you disobey God's word, that the presence of God is removed? Can I say tonight, the Spirit of God is grieved. The Spirit of God tonight is quenched. And, Fred, when you're out of the will of God, You're in the most dangerous place that every Christian can ever be. And now we find Jonah in the dangerous period of his life. You see, when the presence of God is not upon you, the Spirit of God tonight's grieved and quenched on you tonight, you're going to find yourself powerless. Jonah was powerless. When he left the, power, the presence of the Lord, Jonah became powerless. He was going to do everything the flesh would demand of him to do. He didn't have enough strength to turn around. He didn't have enough strength whenever he got there. And he said, oh, no, look where I'm at. Man, I, hey, I've messed up. I, I, really, I really have made a decision that hasn't honored God at all. None of that was in his mind. He was powerless. See, tonight what brings power in our lives is the Spirit of God. What gives us tonight life and what gives us tonight the very power to live for Jesus, to do what Jesus wants us to do, is the Holy Ghost of God tonight. It's not in your power. It's not in your flesh. It's not in your ability. It's not in your skill. It's not in what you do. It's not what you think tonight. It's all in the Lord Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Ghost tonight we do what we do. He walked away from that, and now he's powerless. You know what happens when you become powerless? You become useless. When Jonah was in chapter three of chapter one, verse three, he was the most useless person ever. And I wonder how many times in a week tonight are we going out into our workforce we're going out into this world that we live in tonight and we leave out of the house of God because we're disobedient to God's word that we believe useless wonder why we're not effective wonder why we're not impacting our home wonder why we're not changing the lives of our children wondering why our marriages are in disaster Wondering why tonight our world that we live in is so wicked and ugly and difficult to live in tonight. Is it might be because the church is living useless. Because we've decided not to obey God's word and we've become powerless, useless. The next thing after useless is worthless. You're worthless as a husband when you're in disobedience to God. You're worthless as a wife. You can't help. You're worthless tonight as a church member. To be wrong with God and not obeying Him. You're worthless as a, as a worker. You're worthless. Friend, as a Christian tonight, and the power of God's not upon you because the Spirit of God's grieved and quenched tonight. Because whenever you did, you said no to God, the presence of God left. That don't mean you're not saved. That just means the power to live saved. And tonight we find so many people who are Christians tonight And they've made some decisions as Jonah has made. And now they're useless and worthless. They're not effective in any place. They're not bringing impact. Nowhere. Influencing nobody. We find number two. Not only is it a dangerous period for for Jonah. But it's a downward place. You see whenever you disobey God's word. You're on the downward. Nowhere can you find upward. And disobedient to God's word. And look at Jonah. In verse 3, we find that he went down to Joppa. We found that he went down into the ship. And in verse 5, we see that he went down to lay in the ship. We find in verse 15 that he went down into the sea. And, friend, we're going to find in verse 17, he's going to go down into the belly. And, friend, that's where you're going to land. You're going to be down, 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 and down. When you live a life of disobedience and stubbornness and rebellion towards God, you're going to live a life that's always down. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to be distraught. You're going to be as one who never is happy, always complaining, always griping, always got a problem, never satisfied, never content always blaming others never never come to the place where there's this joy in your heart and you can't ever just get over the hump you can't ever just get to the place where you need to be because your road is down 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 you bring people around you down everybody you around is down your home is down your church is down your world is down that's what happened to Jonah you think everything was okay when Jonah got on that ship everything went down is that right because Jonah was down the fact of the matter is tonight is that when you disobey God's word you're going to find you're in a dangerous period but you're also in a dangerous or in a downward place but thirdly you're in a deceptive position see tonight I don't know if we really on purpose do we to disobey God do we do that on purpose do we just say whenever there's an opportunity where God says to do something and God's Word says don't do something and God's Word says, you know, these are the things how I want you to live and the things that I want you to live for and the things I want you to live in. And you, and you don't do what God's Word says tonight. Is it something that's just done on purpose? Or is it like, man, I really want to do it. I really don't want to do it. I, I'm really trying. I'm really trying to get my act together. But I know I'm a hot mess. But, man, I don't want to be a hot mess. I really want to work this thing out. And I want to be where God wants me to be tonight. But tonight, if that's not even in your mind, then you're in a deceptive position. Number one, in this deceptive position, I notice in verse 3, to think you can flee from God. See, Jonah was deceptive with that. Did you really think that Jonah could flee God? And do you think you can be disobedient and flee God? Do you think you can be disobedient and get away with it? it's deceptive, isn't it? It's deceptive to take God's word and just absolutely on purpose just go against it, thinking that it's okay, everything's going to be all right, that I can flee God. That somehow, way, I don't have to love my wife as Christ loved the church some way, somehow, I don't have to submit myself unto my husband as that's right for the Lord. Somehow, I don't have to obey my parents and and do what's right in the Lord. And somehow, I don't have to come to church and and serve him. Somehow, I don't have to love one another. Somehow, I don't have to do this and I don't have to do that. And somehow, I can live like I want to and when I want to and how I want to. What's wrong with you? You're deceived. To think that you can flee from God. For every child of God, when you sin, God's going to chastise you. There's going to come a chastisement. Hebrews chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 3. God will begin to work on you. God ain't going to allow his children to live in sin. God ain't going to allow his children to go on in disobedience and stubbornness and rebellion. Are you kidding me? If you can go on disobeying God and you can live your life that way, you're not even saved. God will always chastise those that he loves. And those that he don't love today, the Bible calls them bastards, and they're not even his. And we find tonight the Scripture is very clear and plain that, oh, Jonah, he thought that he could flee from God. He said he left the presence of the Lord. He was deceived. Number two, he thought that he could be free from God. Now, he refused this word in verse 3. Yeah, friend, you can't refuse the wind. Look in verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind. You know, he refused the word. Oh, but God said, I'm going to send a wind. And guess what he couldn't do with the wind? He couldn't refuse that. You see, if you think tonight you're free, you're not. If God's word is a disobedience, guess what else God's going to send down your line? He's going to send a wind. You think you got away with it. You think I've just been disobedient. I live. I I treat my husband bad. I treat my wife bad. I treat my parents bad. I treat my church bad. I treat God bad. I I do everything I want to and live like I I, I desire. I'm just some some piece of work I am. And I tell you what, and God's just going to overlook that and pass by and just kind of say, okay, pat you on the back and say, oh, I understand, dear child. Everybody's wayward from time to time. No, God's going to send a wind. you think disobeying the word is bad you wait till you get in the wind well Jonah's in the wind now we find this evening that in this wind that we're speaking of tonight that this storm that he sent the the wind obeys God now who you thinks gonna win Jonah who disobeys God or the wind that obeys God the wind all right all right that's a good answer uh the sea obeys God, right? The water that you and I would say is not even living, it's just water. We look at the wind, and the wind comes to and here. We don't know where the current's coming from, but we can feel it, and, and we, can, we can know it because uh, if we, could, we could have a, a wind upon us tonight, and, but yet the wind came because God sent the wind. The sea was stirred because God stirred the sea. The tempest that came was God sent the tempest, and all the wind, and all the sea, and all the water, and all the waves, and, and all the ruckus. He said to Joel. He said to Jonah, "You disobeyed my word. Meet my wind. Meet my wind." Sure enough, we find the storm. The storm is there because of Jonah, verse four. And the Lord sent out a great wind of the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. So the storm is there because of Jonah is there. If Jonah wouldn't have been there, the storm wouldn't have been there. You, you want to agree with that? The only reason why there was a storm was because Jonah. And you're home tonight. The only reason why it's dysfunctional is because you're there. Did I really mean to say that? Yes. The reason why your job is dysfunctional because you're there. You see, when you're disobeyed to God and you're rebellious to God, everywhere you go, friend, you are the reason for the storm. You say, brother, you're speaking hard words. Well, they said, they said in the Scripture, can you speak some smooth words? We're not speaking smooth words. We're speaking truth words. And the only reason why Jonah was right there, right at the storm at the time where the ship was and right at the, if you would ever get a map or something, he said, okay, Jonah, the ship that he's on is right there. You know, I would tend to believe tonight that the storm was right there. Maybe a mile down the road it was calm. Maybe everywhere circumference all around that boat, it was just nice and sea like glass all around. But right right where Jonah was, there was a storm. And the only reason there's a storm is because Jonah's there. Number two, there was a boat, a ship that was being broken up. It was coming apart. You know why that ship was coming apart? Because Jonah was in it. You know why your marriage is falling apart? Because you're in it. You know why tonight that your life is a mess? Because you're in it. You know why tonight your parenting is pathetic? Because you're in it. Listen, friend, we just got to get to obey God. Because the fact of the matter is, we wouldn't be right where we are tonight if we were in obedience with God. Is that true? That's true. We tonight can look at all the trouble we have in our lives tonight, and we can all maneuver around. We can all go back and say this right here, God's Word. And I just didn't do what it said. Is that true? Everything in our lives tonight stems back to us obeying God. And Jonah tonight was in that storm, in that broken boat. And he was the only reason why that boat was breaking. Number three, I noticed that knowing the storm was there because he was there. The broken boat was there because he was there. But I noticed the sailors were afraid. The Bible says in verse 5, then the mariners were afraid. We notice that the, the, the sailors were afraid because Jonah was there. And do you know tonight when you're disobedient with God and you're out of wits with God and you're not in God's will tonight that those that are around you are afraid? They're afraid. They're afraid tonight. And you bring fear to people's lives when you're wrong with God. You, you bring your home in a place tonight of danger. Because you're not right with God, and, and you're not in the will of God, and God's going to chastise you, and God's going to bring a wind to you, and guess who gets affected with the wind? Everybody on the boat. Right. Right. And tonight we find that these sailors, they were just scared to death. Why was a sailor scared to death? There's no doubt that they, that they sailed before in a storm. There's no doubt in my, li- my mind that they sailed on a ship before. But what was this so special about? It was about God sending a wind. That's why. And God sent a wind because there was a man who disobeyed his word. And he said, listen, you refuse my word, but you ain't going to refuse my wind. And you know what? I'm going to break up this ship. I'm going to cause this tempest. And these sailors are going to fear because of you, Jonah. Look what we're doing to our families, dear men. Look what we're doing to our wives. Look what we're doing to our church. Because we don't want to obey God. Look at our country tonight. I'm going to tell you the reason why our country's in shambles and our country's downward and our country's pathetic tonight. Because men won't be men. And stand up with a hind leg and say, I'm going to obey God no matter what. I'm going to stay in the will of God even if it hurts and costs me. I'm telling you the manhood tonight is such a low standard. Manhood tonight. Listen, men want to wear lipstick today. Men want to wear dresses today. Men want to be women today. Men, men want to, to sit around the house and play on the video games today. Men want to do everything but go to work and protect and provide for the home and lead them to church and lead them to Christ. And they don't want to do anything else but play. I'm sick of the men today. I'm ready for men to stand up and say, Brother, I'm going to be a man of God. i want to do. When I do wrong, I'm going to get right. And my whole idea is to live obeying God. And obeying God, I find that I won't bring no danger to my home. I won't bring no danger to my spouse. I won't bring no danger to my finances. I won't bring no danger to my church. I won't bring no danger to my community. That I can live a life pleasing God, not like John. Hey Amen. Men not working. Man, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible says a man don't take care of his own household tonight, he's worse than an infidel. And that's just not going to work every day. And a lot of times, friend, we find ourselves in a place where we won't be pat on the back because we go to work. Whoopee doo! Man, a lot of times men think they're men because they had children. That don't make you a man. A lot of men think they're men because they got a job. Man, that don't make you a man either. What makes you a man tonight is one that lives for God, lives according to God, and lives what God wants them to live so that they won't find themselves in a place where they're bringing fear to everybody around them. You know the worst place to be? In the presence of somebody that's stubborn and rebellious. That's a dangerous place. Amen. I'm about to close for you, those that are keep watching that, keep on looking at your watch. Here can I say here thirdly? And we'll close at this thought here. Is the shipmaster gives us his word. You see, God gave us his word. Jonah gave us his word. Now the shipmaster gives us his word. He says that in verse 6. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon thy God. Now, I'm ask you a question tonight. If you are disobedient to God and you're rebellious and stubborn, as we get like that all the time. And somebody says, hey, could you call on your God? Oh, bad timing, sir. I'm not even doing what's right. And you want me to call on God? I'm running from him. <laughs> you want me to call to him? i am out of his presence, man. I'm, I'm supposed to be in Nineveh. I'm over here in Joppa going to Tarsus. And I know the storm's happening. The boat is breaking up. The men are scared to death. And here comes the big cheese, the big honcho. He comes running in an old shipmaster. He comes running down into an old sleeper and says, Old sleeper, get a hold of God. That's like you with a spouse that's going through trouble and difficulty in life. And your old spouse is not right with God. They're rebellious and stubborn towards the Lord. They're not obeying God's word. And you need somebody to get a hold of God. And you can't even go to them. You can't even say, please, my heart is heavy. and I got so much things in my life. I got a burden on me. life is just killing me. Would you call on God? There's no way. No way. That's like coming to a church member who's living out of the will of God, living in sin, just doing as they please. You come to him and say, "Well, my heart's broken. I've got, a, I got somebody I love dearly. He's got cancer. I, I, I've got a job I lost, and, and I don't know I, I, don't know what to do. My wife planned on leaving me. And, and man, I, I'm just in shambles right now. Oh, dear brother. Oh, dear sister. Would you get the hold of God? And they're not even right with God. That's what happened to John. Here's a shipmaster. Man, they're scared to death. They think they're going to perish. They run on down to the old sleeper. Sleeper call on God. (laughs) We stand to our feet tonight. What meanest thou, O sleeper? I guess it could be said to all of us tonight that we could look at those who call themselves Christians and they are, but they're just wrong with God. We might say to them tonight, what meanest thou? Why would you do that to my family? Why would you do that to this church? Why would you do that to yourself? You know you're not right with God. You know you're being disobedient. Why do you continue? Bringing the wind of God into our lives. What meanest thou? Anybody like that tonight? Just may want to come to the altar. and Begin to plead for God. God I'm in no shape to pray. For anybody. Because I. I'm just wrong with God. Won't you make that right tonight? Maybe you are Christian and maybe you are right with God and you are walking in the Lord and you're not as Jonah is tonight. Won't you come pray? Won't you lay out before the Lord for all of us, the rest of us, maybe your husband, maybe your wife, maybe your children, maybe church member, maybe a family member tonight. Just run to God. Do some business with the Father. Anybody like that tonight? Jonah's in real trouble. He is. He is tonight because he refused God's word. And now the presence of God is removed. Boy, he's in real trouble. You sing, Brother George. One has come tonight. Would you come? Would you come? Let's just speak to the Lord. Let's just talk to God. Let's just move as God moves you. Let's ask for help tonight. Let's reach down in our hearts and reach up to heaven. God, please. Please work. Please make a difference tonight in my life. I don't want to be what I am I don't want to be who I am I really want to be obedient God but I pray you'll forgive me I pray you'll cleanse my heart I pray Lord that you give me the strength to live for you to honor you to glorify you to praise you well I believe Lord I'm a Christian I fear the Lord The God of heaven who made the sea and the land. I know. I know better than anybody tonight where I am. I don't want storms to come to my lives and winds. I don't want nobody to be afraid because I'm the cause. Because I'm disobedient and I'm wrong with God. Because sin's in my life. It's time today. It's time church to get it right. Get it right. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with just getting clean with God tonight? What's wrong with getting clean with your spouse and your children? With church members and family members? What's wrong with that? Just making it all right. Getting it all cleaned up. Just making it real. We can just have a fellowship. How about it tonight? Give God glory. you come for. Just <laughs>